speaking of discovery we actually felt discoverability is something that uh, is like a big pain point right now in the field because a lot of DAOs are struggling with uh, generating revenue and even a lot of service DAOs who have not actually accrued a lot of cred they are having trouble getting discoverability because if let's say you're someone like a raid guild who has actually proven themselves and they have a good name for them they don't have problems because people reach out to them whereas for the other little ones who are just starting out for them it becomes a difficult problem similarly for contributors currently there's no way for contributors to find like-minded contributors that they can work on for a project or let's say start a DAO or let's say start a freelancing agency so over there, the goal was to incentivize people to be more active so that they can get discovered better. Welcome to Web3 on Fire, where we take you on an inspiring journey through the ever-evolving world of Web3. In each episode, our host, Rob, delves into the heart of the latest innovations in decentralized technology, including account abstraction, smart accounts, aka smart contract wallets, and the future of work in the Web3 ecosystem. Welcome to Web3 on Fire. Today on the show, we have Kushagra from Samurai DAO. He's a co-founder of the DAO project management tool that enables collaboration, bounty management, projects, contributors, as well as a ton of integrations. He's also, Kush, Kushagra also serves as a, Kushagra also serves as a Kernel 3 block, Kernel block 3 member at Gitcoin, where he successfully created a tokenized platform that enables content creators to conveniently generate and distribute social tokens to their dedicated community members. Cool. To yeah. um, welcome to Web3 on Fire. Today on this episode, I've got Kush from Samudai. He is a co-founder of the DAO platform for managing projects, contributors, as well as payments, governance, with a ton of built-in integrations and features. Super excited to have you on the episode today, and would love to hear just a little bit about your personal background, how you got into tech or into building as a whole, and then what was your pill that you got you down the crypto rabbit hole? Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me, Rob. Uh, so yeah, hey everyone, I'm Kush. Uh, my full name is Kushagra, but I prefer to go by Kush. So as you said, I actually got into Web3 uh, back in 2019. So that's when I was still back at college. I had organized a seminar on how to build smart contracts and everything about Ethereum. And actually got a lot of lot to learn from there as well. So after the event, I was so intrigued with all the things that was happening in the ecosystem. I just went to the, organ to the guest speaker and asked him for an internship. And with them, I started building out uh, wallets, mobile wallets. Uh, their company was actually trying to build out a one, 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 uh, one inch clone, zero X and zero uh, X had actually come out back then. So they were actually trying to build out those decentralized order books and off chain relayers as well. So I was helping them build that. And as I started working with them, I read more and more about the space. I read the Bitcoin white paper. I didn't get anything at first. So I gave it some more time, researched a bit more and then read it again. And then I read it again. And it made a lot of sense to me and actually made it actually intrigued me because it was a perfect combination of technology, finance, and economics. And that's how I said that, okay, this is something that is really new. 
and this has the this actually has the potential to reshape the way we manage finances and the way the systems are working currently so yeah it's basically like being at the internet revolution back in 1990s so i had always felt that i was born in the wrong era because i was not able to capitalize on that and like build for that uh, but yeah then this came across and it really caught my eye yeah yeah that's super interesting <clears throat> interesting just the, that piece of wanting to be a part of something innovative exactly. feeling like you missed out on the web 2 revolution but wait there's web 3 coming and you almost hit it at the right time in terms of clearly we've had a long history in the last 10 years of ethereum and bitcoin even longer but this transition with DeFi summer and a bunch of the elements all coming together for you to feel like there was something there for you to participate in. So that's, that's super awesome. Were during that time when you were interning and working with these various projects, did you explore and find your way into other communities as in how did you end up in the DAO space in particular, as you were going um, along the path of Phi and, and that world uh, with social as well. But how did you land in the DAO space? Yeah. So actually this was all back when I was doing my engineering and I was in second year. So like once I was done with this, I started building out a decentralized YouTube for, you know, just for the fun of it. So basically a place and it was built on top of IPFS. They had also just launched Filecoin back then. I was actually trying to build out this portal for creators where they were, they could come and post their videos, tokenize themselves and distribute rewards to the, view to the viewers. So that's something I was working on. And when I was working for this, I actually got in touch with a lot of cool people who you know were interested in this. So it gave me an opportunity to do the Ethereum India Fellowship, which was organized by Devfolio. And they paired me up with uh, James from Collabland. Uh, he's like a mentor to me and he's been a great help for uh, just guiding me and uh, helping me structure my thoughts and get, in, get me into the space. So I feel that was when after the fellowship cohort, he insisted that I join Bitcoin kernel as well. And that's where I met a lot of cool people who were like ended because uh, back in India. So yeah, I'm from India, did my engineering from India as well. So back in India, that time we didn't, you didn't find a lot of web three builders just roaming out there. And if you would just try to talk to someone about it, they might know what Bitcoin was because the prices and everything were going haywire back then, but there were no actual builders around, or let's say there was not a proper community for it. So definitely actually played a really big part in that. And so did Gitcoin kernel. And yeah, once I was at Gitcoin kernel, I started building for creators. I was building this three-sided marketplace where content creators could create their tokens, easily distribute them, and also create value for the token holders by providing exclusive unlockables. And this would actually feed into analytics, which would drive advertisements and get them help for promoted content. While all this was going on, I also was corresponding with the guys from Collabland and I was building out a retroactive rewards portal for them. So this is basically for community managers where the community manager can come onto the retroactive rewards platform and they can actually find out who is a person in their community who's creating qualitative engagement. A lot of contributions are monetary in value, but what about the time that people are spending in the community? And that was a way to identify that particular time and incentivize them for it, thereby promoting meaningful engagement in the community. So that's why I got more deeply engrossed in the space and because creators and creator DAOs go hand in hand, I actually got, a, got an opportunity to speak with a lot of creators who were forming their own DAOs. And then I realized that there is this lack of tooling, which when I got, when I first got across DAOs, I was really fascinated because it was an entirely new way in which humans could organize themselves. And it actually resonated me a lot because it offered us 
the freedom uh, and the ownership to do what we want and also take full accountability for it, which is actually a recurring theme now that I see when taking interviews and hiring a lot of developers or let's say in any other positions, people are looking for such kind of thing. So I resonated a lot with that. And that's when I felt that, okay, this, the way DAOs are work, currently working, that's not how we scale. And realistically speaking, if let's say DAOs were to reach a million users, you wouldn't expect all of them to you know, come onto Discord and work from there. So I felt that we needed one place where people can just log in in the morning and get their entire work done. And that's when we wanted to, that's when we decided to build Samuda. And Samuda is actually a Hindi word from the Indian origin, and it means a community. So we are focused around communities, and that's where the heart of our team lies. That's so cool. I did not know about the, the origin of the name, so that's really special. And it feels like there are a bunch of <clears throat> very specific, thoughtful pieces of either functionality or the onboarding that you've clearly learned from these past experiences and brought into a very cohesive feeling. So it sounded like the unlock for you was the analytics for the community and actual engagement, and then bringing that into more of a DAO platform that lets people surface those that are participating. And it might not even be necessarily that they've completed proposals or tasks, but rather just engaged in the community. Um, yeah, that's a really important piece is to really understand how your community is uh, being used <clears throat> both by your community, by the but members, and then also what are the interactions? So how are they contributing? Are they helping with product features or is it helpful for them to share socially and get the word out? So let's roll back just to about the beginning of Samudai and how did the maybe the formation of the team and the people and the kind of store of the founding come together to ultimately get you guys a 2.5 million pre-seed to get started <laughs> last year in a super exciting time. So let's just roll back a little and understand kind of those details. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, it's actually quite interesting. Because, uh, so me and my co-founder Naveen, we're both from the same college. So we've known each other for almost six, six, seven years now. So it was actually my senior and we were in a club together called Entrepreneurship Cell. So that's when the bug had always been there. And we also took an, an entrepreneurship bootcamp in Malaysia, where they talk, taught us all about the processes and how you go about starting something of your own. And yeah, so since then, I've always been trying to delve into things. So a little bit of, about Naveen, uh, he is a management, cons he was a management consultant. And, uh, he had also worked in the VC space, in a deep tech space, so Lunar Ventures, who are also our investors now. COVID was going on. I was at home. Uh, he was back in London and we were always corresponding back and forth on the latest developments in the field and the new opportunities. Uh, then like I went full time into Web3. I was previously interning with IBM. Good company, but I just felt that I wasn't learning there as much and I was missing out on the opportunity. So I decided to go full time into Web3 and start Samuday. And yeah, we were always corresponding uh, back and forth, discussing ideas, brainstorming things. And that's just how it started. Uh, we did not have in the money, any money in the starting. So I used to hire college students and as interns and pay them out of my pocket, help them get their help in building and everything. And yeah, it just started from there. Uh, little by little, around six months after that, we basically had a very good working prototype. Uh, the way we differed from a lot of the market was uh, we, we wanted to build some of that as a horizontal and not as a vertex. Most of the tools currently are. So we wanted to build that one workspace where we can provide ease and usability. And that was, that's where our thesis actually differed from quite a lot of players in the field at that moment. And yep, 
then Naveen also jumped in full time and I was at Eve Denver where we actually launched the retroactive rewards platform last year. And that's when we actually got a lot of interest from investors. So we started fundraising and kind of fell in place. Nice. I really like the fact that you created a native platform, but instead of trying to reinvent the wheel and take on governance and all the other parts that you have integrations that plug and play that are probably the most used of those integrations to begin with and can easily be plugged to, to others. So it was a cool approach and definitely a one that took an iterative approach and kind of the plug and play standing on the shoulders of giants type of thing. Yep. So you can interact with API and, and provide that functionality. Let's see, while we're talking about deeper detail, Samudai, do you want to kind of give us the overview of the DAP itself, its various functions, and we can dive into some of those specifics? Yeah, absolutely. Samudai, as it currently stands in this particular version, serves as an aggregation layer on top of our existing DAO tools. So it's basically a place where you can come in, plug in all the tools that you're currently using, like Safe, Snapshot, Discord, Google Calendar, if you're using that for community management and so much more. We also have a Telegram integration, uh, which went live last week. And we basically make sure that we fetch all of, you know, statuses from different, different applications. And uh, now you have them organized in one place. So how it helps is now, basically you can provide full transparency to the community and showcase opportunities to them as they come. So it's basically like having a community health dashboard. So like how you read annual reports coming out for companies, it's basically having a dashboard that works in real time for you in that manner. So anyone who is interested in the DAO or who's already contributed to the DAO can choose to get involved in whichever way they want to do it. <clears throat> and also <clears throat> now you have everything organized and interlinked together. So you can now identify a person who's actively contributing on your projects, who's creating discussions in your proposals, uh, who's also participating in the forums and yeah, incentivize them accordingly. Nice. Yeah. I think one of the really special, the special pieces to this was the onboarding function. And that was a really delightful piece as communities need onboarding so badly, whether it's their discord community or telegram, wherever they're doing business, so to speak, and having that onboarding that really feels like it's a progressive enhancement of what you're currently participating. So in this case, you connect discord and then unlocks the next piece and carries you step-by-step step to, to really understand how best to implement these things, but also not to take it all at once where you're just reading a huge notion page, but rather be introduced to this stuff slowly and progressively over time. Um, really love that and would love to understand where did that thinking come from? Why did you feel that it was important? And then also the division between setting up a DAO and being a contributor, so admin versus contributor. Um, maybe just give me a little background of how you all thought about that and why that was such a sticking point for beginning the entire process. Awesome. I mean, one of the major pain points that we faced when we actually see when we were talking about a lot of admins was that the UX is actually not very good and you know they're always juggling with a lot of different things. So one primary goal was to make it as simple as possible to use and make sure that the user doesn't have to do anything once they're onboarded and they have everything in a like a traditional web2 platform where you know that where the login button is going to be where the profile button is going to be so we actually try to take a lot of design references from the web2 ecosystem in order to give it that familiar look and feel focusing on usability while maintaining all the web3 ethos so that was actually that has always been a thing that we value like a lot 
So even if you look right now, the way platform works is if let's say a DAO onboards onto Samudai, they connect their Discord as a contributor. As soon as you come onto Samudai and connect your wallet, connect your Discord, you can already see your existing communities on Samudai who are who which you are a part of. So if let's say you're a part of XYZ DAO and they're already on Samudai, so you decide to join them. So now you all automatically see an XYZ DAO link over there, that workspace that you can check out and automatically start getting involved in. So that was that was what we had in mind uh, while doing this. And when it comes to the difference between DAO admin and contributor, every admin is a contributor. So the platform is primarily built keeping in mind these people and their well-being. If let's say you're a contributor, we have basically built out a personal project management space for you because we know that a lot of contributors are you know, working with two to three different DAOs and they have different work streams that they need to manage. So you have a personal and aggregate Kanban board where you get all your tasks from different you know, work streams that you're a part of. And what we've actually done is we also realized that there was a lack of credentialing when it comes to the current way we, things are working. So if let's say you're working with a particular DAO and let's say you do XYZ tasks, but tomorrow when you move on to some other DAO and there are no credentials, there is no work history. You don't have a letter of recommendation that you get in traditional organizations. So like, how does the other person believe you in a world where contributors just come and leave, which makes it even more difficult to trust new contributors and like, invest time and energy in them. So that's why we've actually like integrated verifiable credentials and decentralized identifiers in the platform. So every task you complete on some of that, you actually get a verifiable credential for that. And verifiable credentials are something that contributors can completely own. So even if you're not on Samudai, you decide to stop using us, you can take your verifiable credentials with you and that, hey, this is my Web3 profile. So yeah. And one thing that we're also like uh, getting live this week is an ENS uh, domain redirection. What you can now do is you can claim a Samudai subdomain on Samudai. So let's say rob.samudai.eth. And what we'll do is we'll actually link this with your Samudai profile. So if let's say someone goes to browser and says rob.samudai.eth.limo, so we'll redirect you to your Samudai profile. So now what it does is it basically gives you as a contributor in the Web3 space, one profile where a person can learn all about you, your contributions, you know, your social, whatever you want to make public the world. And yeah, it's basically a great place for contributors because now you can find like-minded contributors, reach out to them on the platform, connect with them and collaborate with them. So we even have a discovery yeah, and really feel feature over there. It really feels because you put such an impetus on the discoverability because you used analytics and the data first, then you're able to pull that out and do this discovery, whether it be for the DAO side or the contributor side, kind of put contributors first, and then they feed into the various DAOs and keeps that very lightweight. And then clearly with verifiable credentials that just... <clears throat> changes everything where you can then port them to various platforms and you really have a, an understanding of what work you've contributed in, in various spaces. So let's go a little bit more deep into the discovery mm -hmm. side, because that's also a very interesting piece, both looking for communities or DAOs uh, that are looking for help or looking for contributors, and then as well, just the contributor and finding those that have been participating in very engaged Let's maybe just give me a little bit more understanding of how that works, both for the DAOs and for contributors, and maybe how that applies to the various subtasks, like the, or the various things that they can contribute 
whether those be tasks or bounties, etc. Makes sense. When it comes to DAO admins, the platform basically has everything that a DAO needs to manage their daily operations. So we have an inbuilt card. We have an inbuilt Kanban board that you can import from Notion. I mean, you can also start a new one, but if you, if you already have an existing progress, you can import it from Notion. We have registry management, which works well with Safe. Uh, we have a discussions feature where you know, the community can automatically connect a particular discussion with snapshot proposal and discuss on it. So now you have basically over time an aggregated history of how a proposal went about and why it not did not go about. So it basically just, if let's say you're drafting a proposal in the future, you can basically learn about the community sentiment from a particular proposal, which did not go through. Uh, we don't have this currently. So yeah, I mean, it's a good feature. Then uh, for your internal workflows, we have chat and group chats and we have an inbuilt job board and a bounty board. So if let's say you're doing project management, some of that, and from our inbuilt Kanban board, you just press one button and it automatically gets posted as a bounty and it's now available for all the contributors on Samudai to check out. Uh, but yeah, speaking of discovery, we actually felt discoverability is something that uh, is like a big pain point right now in the Web3 field because a lot of DAOs are struggling with uh, generating revenue. And even a lot of service DAOs who have not actually accrued a lot of cred, they are having trouble getting discoverability because if let's say you're someone like a raid guild who has actually proven themselves and they have a good name for them, they don't have problems because people reach out to them. Whereas for the other little ones who are just starting out, for them, it becomes a difficult problem. Similarly for contributors, currently there's no way for contributors to find like-minded contributors that they can work on for a project or let's say start a DAO or let's say start a freelancing agency. So over there, the goal was to incentivize people to be more active so that they can get discovered better. And I mean, it might be far-fetched right now and I'm not sure where that is in the roadmap currently, but the goal was to build this marketplace where developers and other people contributing in the field, marketers in the Web3 space who are all on Samudai can actually give out their time to people who are willing to pay for it. So if let's say you're a smart contract developer who has been working in the space for let's say four years, so you have plenty of knowledge and best practices, you know how to optimize for the best you know, gas reduction. And let's say an, a developer who's just been working for one year would definitely benefit a lot from this one hour of time that they can book for you and they're willing to pay for it. And yeah, it just, it's just difficult for, it's just difficult for someone who's just entering the space to connect with someone like that. And that's the bridge that we wanted to increase when we built out the discovery feature. So it's a very powerful feature. Uh, we are still working to make it even more accessible and make it better. Uh, having a really lightweight way that one can contribute dive in very quickly, you know, whether that be task or bounties. What about the other side of grants and proposals and that side as well? Is that kind of in your road um, in terms of something that you're going to support <clears throat> kind of bigger rounds of grant and that type of thing? We're technically not diving into grants at the moment. I mean, we have proposals, we have a snapshot integration where you know, we fetch all the different proposals that are being that are being proposed on snapshot and we send you notifications to the relevant parties for voting and creating their opinion on it. That way we have a proposals thing, but we're not exactly focusing on grants at the moment. Uh, we have a feature for investment board, investment DAOs, where you know, we have a customizable workflow. So think of it like a Google form that you can completely control. You can come out to Samuda and create a customizable deal form. Uh, can actually work, serve a lot of different purpose, purposes. It can serve as an onboarding form as well. It can serve as a deal pipeline form. It can serve as a you know, grant request form. 
So you can just create this form and what it does is as requests and, and submissions start to pour in, it basically populates a Kanban board where you can see all the different responses. So now what you can do is you can assign different members of the community to a particular response so that they can look after it. And what essentially it does is it basically makes sure it's, it basically builds it a CRM now, because now you know that, uh, you know, who is the person who wants to join my DAO, who is the person assigned to them? What was the status? What happened to them? So it's just much more structured now than it was, than it previously was. I think also the interesting piece of how you're structuring all of this in the workspace discoveries, jobs, as well as pulling everything in automatically, whether it be from Notion or, or creating those Kanbans, just creates a really wonderful system that surfaces everything, but also has the UX XD side that then makes that much more discoverable and accessible and digestible as your, as your day goes on. As you said, you can just jump in each morning and then see what other people have contributed, all of your stuff all at once. I, I see also feed is coming soon yep. on the roadmap. What, what's that going to be all about? Is that more of a generalized feed of everything that's going on in the DAOs that you participate in more on the personal side? Um, what, what's that going to look like? Yeah. So we're actually still innovating on that and we're still brainstorming on that. <clears throat> but currently the rough sketch that we have in our mind is basically to build a place where you can basically learn anything about the DAO without scrolling through you know, hundreds of Discord messages. So it's basically just finding out those major updates, major opportunities from all across the house and just getting them in one place so you can be up to date with everything that's going on. I mean, it's still early for the feed right now, but yeah, we just want to make sure that we can build something that gives people value over there. So we're still speaking with a lot of users and getting more feedback on that. But it seems also that there's a lot of <clears throat> focus placed on XD and usability. As an engineer, how did you arrive at more of the design concept and customer user first, rather than just how things typically get built when engineers are working <laughs> in a potentially a bubble and things to get built by builders for builders rather than for users and community. How are you able to make that switch? I think it's partly from the fact that I have been building for a long time now. I'm in college also and at my previous internships, I was lucky uh, to work with like really good startups and really good companies uh, who actually focused on a lot of these things and I was able to learn from them. So I think it's partly from because of that. And the one thing I think that struck out to me was like Web3 UX, like as it currently stands, it's anyway very, very uh, cumbersome because when you've got the wallet, you've got a financial layer over it and you don't need extra complexity in order to you know, get stuff done. So the goal was to, so basically a lot of the times when I look at this, I take inspiration from the banking system where Everyone is using a bank application on a daily basis. Everyone is managing their finance on a daily basis, but most of them have no idea on how it's, how it works in the back end, or let's say how the banking and the finance system works because they don't need to, it's a customer facing application and needs to be built for the customer. So that was the inspiration over there. Uh, yeah, honestly, our entire team like aligns a lot on this and so it's like whenever there is something that's getting confusing, we're like, okay, we need to get this uh, even simpler. So, yeah. Nice. That's a, that's going to be a big leg up as a whole, because as we know, web three UX is horrible <laughs> and is quite unusable. 
I think the exciting things that are coming, for instance, we're a four three three seven oh yeah company. We've smart contract, smart wallet. So I think as people start implementing four three three seven and some of the others as well, they're really going to help unlock a ton of that UX that's possible as well. At Ambire, we're bringing out our login SDK super quickly as soon as we launch our extension. So that'll be exciting to have you know, other dApps and builders start using some of the 4337 count abstraction, gas abstraction goodies that can really unlock some of that UX. So excited and happy that you're focused on <laughs> UX users first. I think the interesting piece to Web3, especially as we've moved into three Web3, ever since kind of DeFi summer in those days is a community and the members of the community are so much, they, there's much more importance placed on those individuals. And I think it was the transition previously going from customer to user and it being user-centered design. And now as we're moving into a community and members, it's, it's member-centered design. So I think that's just going to only help you going for and only improve the product and thinking about the members first and the people that truly use it and contribute. Oh yeah, absolutely. This has been like an eye opener for us as well, because even though, as you mentioned, as engineers, we were pretty much pretty design forward. Even then we were like, we did not understand the full importance of community till some time back when we started to notice these effects, network effects in place. And the story started to realize that actually uh, it is the community that's going to stick by you and it's the distribution that is the moat and not the code. Now that we have got our eyes open, we are focusing a lot more on our community. And yeah, let's just say that's something that we learned as we kept on building this. Nice. Well, that's cool too, because you are a DAO or so you're a DAP builder that's building this space for DAOs. And then you have a community of DAO operators that then you can get feedback from what is that relationship looked like or how has that, you know, been successful or where have there been sticking points and getting feedback from the actual DAO users. And obviously one must make an MVP and proof of concept first and then start iterating, getting feedback. Has it come a long way from the point of center where you started off and had a thesis or is it because you've been so DAO operator member heavy and understanding with the UX side and in design, it's been helpful to, to really understand your users. It's definitely really important to understand your users. And because I was luckily in a position where I could speak and interact with a lot of these people back at Kernel, we obviously had a great idea about this. <clears throat> uh, but I mean, in terms of how the space has progressed, a lot of DAOs, they have seen a lot of DAO tools come up and they have actually tried to test all of the, all of them. So a lot of these DAOs have now reached that point where it's like, okay, what's one more going to do? So that's uh, somewhere we face a lot of, a lot of difficulty while reaching out to people, but still once I show them the demo and once I show them the entire platform and the feature set, it's a good feedback for it. Yeah. I still feel that we at Samudai as well need to make things even more simpler. Uh, like for example, onboarding on the platform uh, is currently like a three-step process and we are currently working on making it even more simple and even more intuitive for anyone who's like a really new to the Web3 space and new to some of that. So that's the goal right now to make things so simple that you can't ignore it and so obvious. So that's what we're working on right now. 
Awesome. Are there any other feature updates or roadmap things that you'd like to unveil or talk about in particular? I think we'll probably just give a couple last little notes here, and then I'll give you an opportunity to plug the project and personal social stuff, all that. But yeah, is there anything else um, that's on the roadmap that you want to unveil or, or announce or, or let people know about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first of all, Samuda is now like open to use to anyone. So we launched our you know, public beta almost like three weeks back now. So if you want to check it out, go to like app.samoda.xyz and you're free to sign up. Uh, check it out. I would love to learn uh, your feedback and I'm always reachable on Twitter uh, or Telegram. And yeah, in terms of features and product features, I think one of the things that, one of the exciting things that's coming out right now is, uh, as I mentioned, the ENS web profile detection. So just claim your Samoda subdomain and we make sure that you can use it for anything you want. Uh, we're going to be building like a, Redirect, uh, like a custom redirection system on top of this. So let's say you want to redirect it to your LinkedIn profile. Uh, we're going to build that as well. Uh, then you can customize it. So that's one thing that's in the pipeline right now. Apart from that, a lot of optimizations are currently going on and we are actually working on a new onboarding currently. So if you haven't actually checked, the, checked out the blog, this is a good opportunity to check out what the V1 looks like. So you know, once the new one comes out, you can actually see the differences and check out how much we've actually tried to abstract stuff. So these are actually nice. the two yeah. major updates right now, which are going on. Yeah. I'm not sure if we have anything in the pipeline right now. What about any upcoming events that you all will be participating in? You mentioned NYC, ETH NYC, anything coming up? Uh, yeah, actually, yes. I was, I and both me and Naveen were at ETH NYC and mainnet this time out. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be at DevConnect, but a lot of team members are going to be at Indian Blockchain Week and ETH India. If you are around and if you see the team, feel free to reach out and say hi. We will have something over there for you as well. So worth a shot. I personally uh, will probably be going for Metacamp. It's it's in December 1st week. Now it's like a curated event for like 40, 50 people in the industry. So I might be there. Nice. That sounds super cool. Thank you so much, Kush, for coming on and having a great conversation. Really excited about Samudai and We'll get this episode out there and spread the word. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Rob. It was great chatting with you. Yeah, you as well.